today we're talking about questions that Jesus asked, and we're in the second part of our series. And we're talking about this all summer. Um, you know, it's pretty interesting to think about all the things that Jesus talked about, all the things he taught, and he made a lot of statements, but Jesus also asked a lot of questions. And as I said this last week, you know, there's a lot of things that Jesus asked that he really understood the need that we have as people to think and contemplate and really come to an understanding of the things that he's calling us to do. Like there's a big difference between the things that he said and he was like, okay, do this or, or you know, leave this or something like that. And then he asked the question. And so today's question is, why worry? You know, you know Jesus talks about this. And he knows and he understands that we as people, that we are prone to fall into certain things, that we're not perfect, we're going to struggle with stuff. And so there's a lot of stuff that we as people that he calls us to do that sometimes we just have to do by faith and they're pretty straightforward. We'll talk about one of those things today. But in the midst of his teaching in the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus asked another question and it's why worry? And he asks, can all of your worries add a single moment to your life? In the passage we're reading, there's four questions that Jesus asks. All of them pertain to why worry. And I don't know about you guys, but I worry about stuff. I, I'm sure that many of you worry about things. Um, in this passage that we're reading... Jesus associates this with finances and with basically just the welfare of day-to-day -day living. But we are all prone to worry. And so Jesus says, why worry? Let's read this together. Matthew 6, verses 25 through 27. And we're picking up in the middle of the story. If you want to read the whole passage, go home and read it. It's a great passage of Scripture. We're just reading a small section. It says, that is why I tell you not to worry about everyday life. Whether you have enough food and drink or enough clothes to wear, isn't life more than food and your body more than clothing? Look at the birds. They don't plant or harvest or store food in barns for your heavenly Father feeds them and aren't you far more valuable to Him than they are? Can all your worries add a single moment to your life? And in this little section, we see two of the four questions that Jesus asked. And I understand this is a very familiar passage of Scripture. Many of you have probably heard sermons preached on it before. But I want to start off with point number one of choosing preparation over worry. And this doesn't seem like a very spiritual point, and it's not. But I understand that many of you are sitting in here today, and you're a realist. Like, you're very, you're very practical in the way that you think. And there might be some of you in here today who you don't believe in Christ. You're just here because maybe you were you had your arm tied behind your back and you were forced to come. And so you're looking at stuff and you're like, okay, like you would be an idiot not to worry. Or you would be an idiot about not to contemplate or think about things that are coming. And so point number one is choose preparation over worry. And understanding this morning that I know that the busyness of life, the looming stress of money, bills, insurance, retirement, long-term care, Everything that you can put on this, and we can even associate this with the parents raising children this morning who brought their kids up here. It's like, you are going to worry about something. There's going to be something that weighs on your mind. There's some of you in here this morning, 
Finances do not worry you at all. You're carefree. You could be homeless and be happy. You just don't care. But you worry to death about your kids or your grandkids or there's just something that, is, that eats at you and keeps you up at night. And Jesus understood that we as people, like, we're going to be prone to do this. And in just a practical sense today, I want you to realize and understand that God has given you each abilities. You have gifts. And when we talk about preparation over worry, do what you can. You with me this morning? Do what you are able to do and the things that you cannot do, trust in God to do the rest. Because you're sitting here today and you could drive yourself nuts. Even if you are successful, even if you have money, even if you have enough money to pay the bills for years to come, it doesn't matter whether you're sitting here today and you're poor and you're struggling to make ends meet or you're rich and you have plenty of money and you shouldn't be worried about it, you're still going to worry. You with me today? Like you're still going to worry. And as people, we just have to come to the point in our lives where, where we work hard, we do the best we can, we prepare the way that we can, and we just have to trust in God to do the rest. And, and this is not one of those sermons. This isn't a passage of scripture that calls us all just to be morons and to go out and say, you know what? I'm going to trust in God. I'm quitting my job tomorrow. God's going to provide everything I need. If you think that, you're wrong. There's actually passages of Scripture that calls us to work, calls us to be diligent in the matters of the Lord, calls us to be diligent and have a good reputation among the people that we are surrounded by. There's a passage of Scripture that talks about if you don't work, you shouldn't eat. Like there's tons of stuff. Like We're called to work. We're called to provide. We're called to do what we can, but to trust the Lord to do what we cannot do. So we prepare over worry. And this comes to faith. It comes to faith. We have to step out and have faith in Christ. And in our lives, you have to be honest and just understand, like, we're limited in our talents and abilities. There's some people who is really talented at making money, some people who's not. There's some people, like, you're, you're really good at being parents. Some of you may not feel like you're a great parent. We're all limited in our talents and abilities. We do what we can, and we trust in the Lord to do the rest. We prepare the best we can. Point number two, know who you believe in. We talk about this a lot, but if you are a Christian this morning and you claim to have faith in Christ, you have to remember and remind yourself regularly, like, I serve, I believe in the God of the universe, the creator of all things, the healer of all things. He he has the ability to not only provide us with what we need, but to create the provisions for anything that we might need. And we ask this question, I ask it a lot, do you believe in God? Well, what do you believe about the God that you say that you believe in? Because there's a fine line between like believing in God because I've been there. Like I remember growing up, like I believed that God existed. I remember laying in bed at nighttime, talking to God, I did not serve him, did not go to church, did not read scripture, like did none of that stuff, like did whatever I wanted to do any other time. But at nighttime, I believed in God. I laid in bed, stared at the ceiling, prayed prayers, complained mostly to God about everything. You know, it's like I believed in him enough to talk to him and all this stuff. But there's a big difference between believing in God and actually having faith in God. 
to say that you believe in him and to really trust him to be the provider of things that are yet to come. Know who you say that you believe in. In Matthew chapter 6, verse 30, this is just a little further down from the passage that we read. Jesus said, And if God cares so wonderfully for the wildflowers that are here today and thrown into the fire tomorrow, he will certainly care for you. Why do you have so little faith? Now, I can remember when I first went into ministry back in 2004 and I was down at Eden across town. Pastor Hall preached a sermon on this and he, basically he was saying that worrying is practical atheism. Like if you worry, you basically just don't believe in God. And so this morning, like you would say, no, like worrying is legitimate. Worrying is something that we should all do. But look at the passage and look at what Jesus is saying. He's taken worrying about these things, worrying about everyday life, worrying about all this stuff. And then he's asking them, why do you have so little faith? And we said there's a difference in believing in God and there's a difference in having faith in God and trusting in him and knowing who you believe in. And Jesus associates the two. So, so this morning, you, you have to remind yourself of this. We constantly assume that everything in our life is, is physical because we're so focused on physical things. And we like to say that we're physical beings. But remember, we're not physical beings that have spiritual experiences. We're spiritual beings that have physical experiences, and worrying is not as physical as we think that it is. Worrying is much more spiritual. It's much more of a spiritual battle than we would like to admit or realize sometimes. Because when we worry, we're communicating the message to God and to other people that we don't really trust God to take care of the thing it is that we're concerned with at that moment in that time. Let that sink in for a second. Because you may love God, and you might go to church, and you might read your Bible, and you might pray, and you might talk a really good game, and play the part, and, and do all that stuff, but then there's just, and, and again, we all worry about different stuff, I worry about different stuff, but we get to this point where whenever we're worrying, it is a, it's a revelation of the lack of faith that you have in that area, or that moment, that circumstance. It's directly associated. And Jesus identifies that. He asks him, why do you have so little faith? And so we have to remind ourselves as we wake up daily and as we seek Christ in our lives and as we seek to serve God, that we're reminding ourselves of who it is that we believe in. And what do you believe about the God that you say that you believe in? Because true faith, true faith is brought to reality when we're trusting in God to bring about things that have yet to come. If it's already there, it doesn't take faith. If it already exists, if it's already been provided for, we said this a couple weeks ago, you know, your testimony is not your true testimony when things are going good. When things are going good, that's just, you can give praise to God. It's wonderful. We're very thankful for those moments. But your true testimony of God shows up whenever it hits the fan and you're getting showered in it and everything's not provided and everything's not there, what you're saying about God in those moments, that's your true testimony. That's the extent of your faith in those moments. And so this morning, to understand, you got to know who it is that you believe in and what he's capable of. But also to understand that these moments, whenever we're worrying, it's revealing to us in our life 
spiritual things that we need to grow in. Because it's calling us to trust in God when it's not provided, or trust in God when we're not sure, or trust in God when we can't see what's going to be. It's an opportunity to grow in our faith. Point number three. You've got to know your worth. And we're not saying this in a conceited way or in a boastful way. But if you've followed Christ and you've been saved for a long time, you eventually come to this very humble understanding of the fact that you are worth a great deal to God. And as someone who doesn't believe in Christ at this moment, you may not feel like you have a lot of value. You don't feel like, well, I have, I have nothing to offer. I'm not good at anything. I can't stand up there and sing. I'm definitely not getting up in front of anybody talking. I don't have a whole lot to give. I got a lot of baggage. There's a lot of sin in my life that's coming along. Yes, Christ knows that. And all those statements that you say are very true. In our, in our true form as we are born into sin, <clears throat> we don't have worth to God. But as God redeems us, as he fills us with his Holy Spirit, as, and as he gives us gifts of the Spirit to serve him and to build his kingdom, we become very valuable to him. And I've said this a lot of times, and you know this, I never desired to be in ministry. Like, I never desired to be a pastor. It's not something I wake up in the morning and I'm like, I love my job. You know, it's like, and it's not that it's a bad job. It's just like, I know that this is what I'm called to do. There are other things that my fleshly body like wants to go out and do um, and, and goals that I would like to accomplish. But I know that for me to walk away from the ministry would be the greatest sin that I could commit. And it's not because I'm talented or I have all these great gifts or anything. There's so many times where I feel like, you know, I wasn't really raised in church, didn't hang out with other Christians, like totally miss out on the etiquette, the lingo, all those things. And when I'm hanging out with other pastors and other people in ministry, they talk in ways, they use words, they have all these like big theological discussions. And I'm still playing catch up like 20 years later to some of those people who've been raised in church their whole lives, whose moms and dads were in ministry and doing all that stuff. And I feel very inadequate in that. And yet I know that I'm called into ministry. And because of that calling that God's put on my life, like I have value in that, that God values me, that he, he cares about me enough to use me to do something that he wants to do. And this morning you need to understand you are very valuable to God. There's not a person in this room, no matter how young or how old, that is not valuable to God in some way, shape, or form that God does not have a plan for your life, that he doesn't have gifts that he wants to give you through, through his spirit. And yes, you may not be accomplishing anything right now. You may not be serving him right now, but God has something for you. And he has value to put on. And as followers of Christ, you have to understand that you have value. And that's not boastful to talk about. And when you, when you look at it, Jesus communicates the idea in this passage that we are valuable. You with me? It's not like I'm just giving you this like weird little pep talk this morning to make you feel good whenever you walk out here. Like, ooh, pastor said we was valuable today. He's like, nah. That's not going to last. Like, you walk out of this room and feel good for about 30 minutes, and then something's going to happen. You should hear the stories of the parents who were trying to get their kids here this morning to dedicate them is hilarious. Like, just ask them the things. Like, kids, like, wanted to come naked. One of them peed on himself on purpose. Like, 
there's all kinds of stuff going on this morning. It's hilarious. Perry, like, refused. He thought we were trying to send him to heaven. It's, you know, it's like, you can look at it in so many different ways. Know your worth. Understand that God has a plan for you. Understand that God wants to accomplish something through you. And even though you may not be doing anything valuable right now, understand that you could be. If you would surrender to God and allow him to come in your life and to work and move in you and and change you, change who you are through the power of his spirit to change not only your heart but even your mind, change the way that you think that God can use you and you can be very valuable to him. And Jesus is communicating value in this passage. In chapter uh, 6, verse 26, and we read this a second ago, he said, look at the birds. They don't plant or harvest or store food in barns. For your heavenly Father feeds them, and aren't you far more valuable to him than they are? Jesus communicated the fact that the people who was listening to him in this moment and everyone that would read this passage of Scripture for thousands of years to come has value. To look back at Genesis, at the creation of all things, and he created stuff and he said it was good, but when he created man, he said it's very good. We are the crown of his creation. We are the reason why he created all things so that he could have a relationship with us and we could walk with him and have that relationship. You have a heavenly father. And this morning, if you are confident in the fact that you have worth in Christ, awesome. Speak this truth to someone else if you are confident, okay? If you need to hear this this morning, great. But if you are confident, speak this to someone else. You have a Heavenly Father who loves you, who adores you, who values you. You have a Savior who came and bled and died for you. Never underestimate the value and worth that you have to God, our Father in Heaven. You have infinite value. He was willing to die for you. If you walked out of this building today and you walked out into the parking lot and some crazy person was driving around and someone else pushed you out of the way of an oncoming car and they got hit and died to save your life, would you not feel amazingly inadequate and unworthy of that sacrifice? Would you not feel like there was something that you owed to them in order to like repay them for, for giving you life while they sacrificed their life, to understand that's exactly what Christ did for us. Like He came and He died to give us life. And there's a, a debt that we owe Him, and we have amazing value and worth. That of all these things that God has done to welcome us into His family, to give us salvation, to give us eternal life, and to let us be a part of building His kingdom. We have amazing value and worth. Point number four, seek God. I can't communicate effectively how important it is for us to seek God in his kingdom above all else. And so many times we miss this in our culture. We miss this so bad. We seek everything else. Like we devote our lives to work and hobbies And parents who are dedicating children this morning, there are parents who dedicate their lives to their children. And that's wrong. 
You are a steward of what God has given you for a small amount of time. Are they important? Yes, they're important. Should you treat them well? Yes, you should. You will stand accountable before God on how you treat those kids and how you raise those kids, but they are not the most important thing that we should be pursuing in our lives. And neither is your job or money or stuff or anything else. There's a reason why Jesus asked the question, why worry? But then later on in verse 33, he says, Seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously, and he will give you everything that you need. And some translations say, and all these things will be added unto you, because he's talking about finances and he's talking about worry. Because Jesus knew, he knows, like, you're going to worry yourself to death. If you're not careful... If you're living this life and you're focused on the world, you're going to worry yourself to death because you're going to be worried about the world. If you're focused on the world, you're going to worry about it. But if you seek the kingdom of God above everything else, he says you will have everything that you need. All these things will be added unto you. And guys, I'm not a health, wealth, prosperity preacher. Like I don't believe in that stuff. I'm honest enough with you this morning to say there are some people in this room and you may know some people in your life who's just very talented with money. Like, they, they, can, they can find a pile of poop laying out on the ground and find a way to make money off of it. Like, that's how talented they are. And they're always going to have money. But the fact that someone has money is not a reflection, or they've been blessed in that way, is not a reflection to the fact that they have a relationship with God on something that you're missing out on. You with me this morning? Some people just have those talents and abilities, and some don't. And in the same way, there are some of you here this morning who, like, you're worried about the payments, you're worried about the mortgage, you're worried about how you're going to do this from month to month, and it's a big deal. And I'm telling you today, <clears throat> this does not mean that you give your heart to Jesus Christ and you start seeking his kingdom first, that you're going to have this overflow of abundance and you're just going to, like, start, like, no, it says he will provide everything that you need. You don't have to worry about things of the world. You will have everything that you need. You know people in your life who have more money and more stuff than they could ever like, that you could ever dream of. And a lot of those people are wretched and miserable to be around. And in fact, a lot of those people have a hard time having friends and family members who are even still surrounded by them because guess what the focus of their life is? What they have a lot of. Now, not everybody, but most cases. And in the same way, I got a letter this week from one of our uh, people at our church who's no longer able to come. They asked me to read the letter because they're very thankful. I'm not going to read the letter because it was just, it was such a perfect example for this passage. But the letter was to thank everyone for all the cards, the gifts, the food, the prayers. And so if you've participated in any, any of that, I want you to know like there are people who are very thankful for that. Keep doing it. You're doing a good job. This person's super thankful for it. And this person is one of the like, most godly, amazing people you'll ever be around in your life. They've never had a barn full of overflowing crops, a bank account full of abundance and funds. They never worked a really good job with insurance 
<clears throat> with retirement of 401k, they worked odd and end jobs to make ends meet for years, well beyond the age of retirement when some of us are like, man, I'd love to retire by like 60-something. No, this person worked long beyond that. Never had a spouse to help them, raise their kids, to provide. And yet everything that she's ever needed has always been provided. And it's happened through family members and through people in the church and different things like that, but God has always provided. She's never went without. She's never had anything she needed, never went hungry. And guys, I'm telling you this morning, it's like, don't worry about the things of the world. There's a reason why Jesus communicated that and wanted you to think about it. Why worry? Why worry? And it doesn't matter if you... If you get to be millionaires or, or you accomplish whatever it is that you're worried about and you see it through, you're still going to worry. Is the stock market not always changing? Is, is the value of lands and homes not always changing? Is, is the economy always changing and, and interest rates and uh, you look at inflation and all this stuff? And so you can be a multimillionaire and still you're worried about what you're going to do in the future. There's never enough. And so Jesus communicates the message, why worry? Because there's a lot of things in this world that you have no control over. Yes, prepare the best that you can. Believe in the God that you say that you believe in and understand what it is that you say that you believe in Him. Know how much you are worth to Him and seek His kingdom, seek His face above everything else. And you do that, you'll be fine. He said, I'll take the worry from you. Follow me, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Jesus communicated that constantly to people. And we as a culture live continuously thinking about what are we going to do? What's going to be next? How are we going to handle this? We worry all the time. And Jesus has called us not to worry, but to have faith. You say you believe in God. You say that you trust in Him. You say that you believe in the God that talks about it in Scripture. Believe in Him enough to trust in Him to provide the things that, and the situations and the circumstances is that you're worried about. Should you be worried about your kids? You should do everything within your ability to raise them the right way. Because they're going to grow up one day and they're going to make their own decisions. And then it's going to be out of your hands. And then you're really going to have to trust in God. And I see a lot of grandparents be like, yes. Why worry? Let's pray. Father, thank you for this day and for everything you've given us. Lord, thank you for all the children that we had here today, all the families. God, once again, we give them to you. We know that you are the author and perfecter. And Lord, they might be from our flesh and, and, our, and our DNA, but God, they are truly yours and they are a gift. And Lord, we know that we only get to be stewards of them for a short amount of time before we send them out to be their own people, to make their own choices. So God, we lead them the best way we can through you. Lord, for our own personal lives, if there's any area or any situation to where we worry or we're just stressed or we just don't know what to do, God, I pray 
that you would speak to our hearts and remind us it's not a physical, worldly thing. That, Lord, is so much more spiritual than we realize. Lord, remind us of the spiritual battles we're fighting. Help us to trust and believe in you. Help us not to be foolish. Help us not to make any crazy, rash decisions. But, God, help us to do the best we can and to turn it over to you and to trust and believe in you. We love you. We thank you and we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. You're dismissed. Thank you, guys.